Ulterior. Hey yo, shout out everybody in the Discord playing Guess That Song, you fucking keyboard merchants. Um, anyways, I really want to just get into the material for this episode because there's a lot to get through, guys. Like, fucking everything happened last week. So, new singles from, it's a long ass list. Hot Milk, Beartooth, Maggie Lineman, I Prevail, Rivals, a bunch of others, and then brand new records from Rain City Drive, Travi McCoy, Outsider Heart, and Yours Truly. So, yeah. Thanks, everyone. Enjoy this episode. I don't really have a lead-in for these singles that I'm going to be talking about, so yeah, let me just go ahead and get into them and not waste any time. The number one ranked song for Scenic Overlook this past week came from Hot Milk, and it is called I Fell In Love With Someone I Shouldn't Have. This placement is like 50% contingent on me being down bad right now with the girl that I have a crush on, and then 50% contingent on the single just being really, 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 really fucking good in the grand scheme of things. Um, this is the third single off of the EP The King and Queen of Gasoline, which is out on August 5th. Um, to me, this for sure surpasses Bad Influence and Teenage Runaways, which I thought were great tracks, but... I fell in love with someone I shouldn't have is generational, in my opinion. Um, I think the song's lyrical content is really, like, quirky and fun while also being actually heartfelt at the same time. And there's just something about the chorus that gives me a sense of nostalgia. Um, I think Jim and Han do an immaculate job trading their vocal performances. And this is my favorite thing this band has done since the song Woozy, which was from their uh, EP last year. I... Just want to know what happens when I'm dead. I believe is what it was called. Uh, yeah, fucking outstanding single. So now I gotta retract some of my prior statements that I've made slandering a certain band because Beartooth caught me in 4K and I can't pretend otherwise. Brand new single, Riptide. They got me, y'all. They fucking got me. Um, and I say that because just as recently as like two weeks ago, I was talking some crazy shit about Beartooth Online because I genuinely believe that they're one of those like one and done bands when it comes to albums. Like in my opinion, Disease and Below have two good songs between them and the rest of the, those records are just fucking mid and I don't deny the possibility of Riptide being exactly that for whatever the next Beartooth release is but at least in this present moment I don't have a choice I am forced to get on here and tell all of you that bullying works and Beartooth just dropped one of the best songs of the year and I can't even try to present this as like some sort of a revolutionary work of art be because it's not it's not going to change the trajectory of Beartooth 
in all respects, the song is plain and generic and unoriginal, and at the same time, it is one of the fucking best generic metalcore songs I've heard in a minute. Um, and I, I think that for all of the shortcomings of Beartooth over the years, Caleb Shomo's musicianship and talent has never been brought into question. He carries his course like a fucking pro and delivers maybe one of the best moments of his career on this single. There is finally a release date to report about the new Maggie Lineman album, but beforehand, let's talk about the brand new single of hers, You're Not Special. The album Sucker Punch is dropping on September 16th, and I cannot say enough about the anticipation on my end for what she's about to do. Um, I don't think that Maggie has missed yet on any of these singles, and to be honest, You're Not Special might be my second favorite behind She Knows It. Um, I, I do have to say that just like all of her other singles, I can't rave about innovation here because there's nothing she is doing that's groundbreaking. I think she is just shining above the rest of the pop-punk revival artists at the moment, in my opinion. Um, lyrically, though, she is still at the top of her fucking game and delivers one of the most jaw-dropping lines I've heard all year so far. I'm starring in your movie, but you're not that special to me. Honestly, guys, I, I can't just emphasize enough the dumb fucking expression that was on my face when I heard that line and the thoughts that went through my head and just how incredible Maggie's approach to her music ever since Paranoia from last year has been. She is a star and I really think Sucker Punch is going to make the uh, entire world very clear of that. A brand new I Prevail single called Bad Things. So this is the second single from True Power, which is out on August 19th. Um, the first one, Body Bag, was very heavy and blistering and really showed off that particular side of I Prevail really, really well. Um, what Bad Things does is kind of revert to some of the more... Um, I, I'm trying to figure out how to say it because it's like from the perspective of others and not myself. Um, so basically, there was a lot from Trauma, the 2019 album by I Prevail that people didn't fuck with. Um, and songs off of there like DOA and Paranoid, I think really uh, kind of summarize that. Um, but for me, I absolutely love those songs. So naturally, I think Bad Things is fucking tremendous. I love the build up to the chorus. And once said chorus comes in, the song transcends to another realm that I think actually puts it above Body Bag. Um like, it really highlights Brian's abilities and makes him sound like one of the best vocalists in the scene today. And then the track still has the heavy nature of I Prevail in it later on with the breakdown, and that is where Eric gets his moment to shine on the screams. Um, this is one of the best showcases of everyone within I Prevail, and between this and Body Bag, so far, nothing but W's in the lead-up to True Power. Rivals back. Rivals dropped a new single. Rivals got dangerous.
this follows up Dark Matter, which was out back at the beginning of April, I believe, and that was the first single from Rivals after Sad Looks Pretty On Me back from 20, 2021, I must say 2011. Um, for myself, these are back-to-back -back bangers from Rivals, and there's something about dangerous execution that makes me b believe already that it is one of the best things they've ever done. Uh, there's this like weird ominous feeling to Kaylee's delivery throughout the verses and then especially in the pre-chorus where she gives the lines I am a god in human flesh I am a woman with no regrets does that make me dangerous I know I'm dangerous and then you just get into the chorus and the rhythmic sensibility of rivals and that um capability on their part to structure these really solid melodies that get stuck in your head it is second to none honestly I think rivals have really shown the fuck up with these new two new singles and all of the potential in the world is there for them to deliver massively on the follow-up to Sad Looks Pretty On Me. Um, Dangerous is incredible. I think everybody in Rivals really, really should be proud of themselves. I think the fan base should be proud. And there's definitely a lot to look forward to from this act going forward. The final single that I'll be going in detail on comes from Not A Toy, and it is Bad Mood. Let me show you that so this single kind of deviates a little bit from what not a toy were doing on their debut ep from back in 2020 but also not really i feel like even on that ep if the songs weren't like entirely hip-hop you could at least understand that that sensibility and that potential was within them, and now they have fully realized it with Bad Mood. Um, to me, like, this is very easily, like, my favorite hip-hop song of the year. I fucking adore it. I think Not A Toy came back with, not the song I expected them to, but the song that I am very glad they rose back into prominence with. Um, and I have no doubt that whatever's going to come afterwards, it is only going to further accentuate the versatility found in this band because if you go back to that not a toy ep from two years ago j cash does not sound like quit quitting and it does not sound like drive slow and that does not sound like watch me Th there's no limit to what this band can do and i cannot wait for everybody to see that and understand that the way that i do these were the remaining singles from last week that i gave either a four or a five to in the reviews on social media rescue me by a marionette tear gas by architects use by banks arcade one last time by broadside Dragging by Dane, Substance by Demi Lovato, Sour by Eat Your Heart Out, Yeah by Fame on Fire, which is an Usher cover for some reason. <laughs> uh, it was a good cover, I shouldn't be saying shit. Soul Revolution by Fire from the Gods, Breakdown by Icon for Hire, I'm Sorry I Have to Leave You by Isotopes featuring Clara Fable, I'm Not Crying, You're Crying by Pink Shift, Arms Length by Pole Kids, Pink G-String by Scene Queen, Hush by Six Year Guns, Someday by The Dangerous Summer, Fake by Until I Wake, and Tattoo by Young Culture. Wait, did they all get fives? Oh yeah, they all got fives. Yeah, last week banged for singles, guys. It was fucking great. So now I'll get into the records from last week. There were four to get through, and I'm going to start with the longest record from last week, just for the track listing. Uh, Never Slept Better by Travi McCoy. Just a little bit of brief background on Travi McCoy in case anybody doesn't know who he is, but I kind of think 
all of you do, even if you don't realize it. So Travi used to be the frontman of Gym Class Heroes, and they put out a bunch of songs that, you know, again, if you guys, you know, maybe you don't know that you know, but you do know, uh, Cupid's Chokehold, Ass Back Home, uh, Stereo Hearts, like, they, they had hits. They were genuinely a big fucking band. Um, Travi had a hit single, I think in 2010 with Bruno Mars called Billionaire. So he's a veteran act by this point. He knows what he's doing. He knows what sound he chases after. And it's a very unique sound that I wouldn't associate with anyone but himself and Gym Class Heroes. Um, and keeping it in stack, honestly, though, I had not been paying a ton of attention to anything by Travi since the last Gym Class Heroes record, which was the Papercut Chronicles 2 back in 2011. So there was a 10-year gap between my last time being attentive to his work and then the single A Spoonful of Cinnamon, which was his debut on Hopeless Records. That song made my top 100 songs of 2021 list, and I stand by that pick currently. I think coming out of Never Slept Better, I do acknowledge Spoonful of Cinnamon as the best song on the record, and I'm not going to say that it isn't close, but even considering the other singles I really fucked with, like uh, Loving Back to Life and Stop It, Spoonful of Cinnamon, it, it still sounds like that like fucking song, like it's the pinnacle of the work here. Um, and I went into this record very optimistic about what I would hear, and for the most part, that sense of ex excitement was fulfilled. I think on a song like Deja Fate, you get this really heartfelt and somber instrumental backing to some torturous lyrics like the hook in the chorus of, if I said jump, would you leap? If I died today, would you take my seat? There are a lot of emo tones being presented here in ways that they're not necessarily like uncharted per se, but at least in recent memory with this platform in particular, I cannot pinpoint the last time I heard someone like Travi navigate these themes in this fashion. It's not so like in your face because it's masked with some of the best pop and hip hop based tracks the scene has to offer at the moment. But if you cut into some of the material and look deeper, I think you're going to be astounded by how thought provoking much of this record is. There's also a lot to be admired about the instrumentation of the album because of the chances taken on some of the songs like uh, on Another Round, for example. That song has like this almost like R&B and soothing jazz kind of a vibe going for it. And all the while, the lyrical matter still finds a way to be just like so um, like grueling and gut punching, for lack of a better way of explaining it. It would take a million forevers for me to gather the things to say. And if I was a little more clever, you would have never hurt that way. I do think that the second half of the album outshines the first, just in terms of providing material that is going to stick with me. And maybe part of that has to do with all of the singles being in the first half, honestly. But when I hear a song like The Best Part of Revenge, I get those characteristics that I've come to know and love from Travi and Gym Class Heroes as a whole. And it invokes a sense of nostalgia that I can't shake my adoration for. And Travi made sure to not let anyone leave this record without feeling those cutting themes one more time through the closing song, I'll Never Be Loved, which has some of the brightest shining moments on the album while still being like really, really dark at the same time. If I should die tomorrow, just know that this wasn't a lie. Cross my heart and hope to live for a few more. The worst part is you were who I used to live for and now I'm living for me. Wherever you're at, I just hope you're happy. Thanks for listening. I think Brody was in his bag for much of this record, and it's probably one of the ones that only has the potential to grow on me from this point on, and like the point that I'm at already, 
I I love a lot of what's going on here. I think Travi, you know, he put his best foot forward with this record and really channeled a lot of like dark and just cutting and anguishing themes that I would imagine were very cathartic to get out. And it's very cathartic to hear in that same realm. Um, yeah, I, I think this is going to age really, really well throughout the rest of the year. And I cannot recommend it enough. You guys need to go check out Never Slept Better by Travis McCoy. Amazing record. Okay, next is an EP that is for sure going to go under the radar, but it really, really shouldn't. Entertainment by Outsider Heart. So I don't know what anyone's familiarity with Outsider Heart consists of. Maybe some of you guys have heard of them before, and then probably more of you have no clue as to who they are. But that's okay, because that's where I'm supposed to come in and say that Entertainment is one of my favorite EPs of the year. I, I did talk about one of the singles, Monster, back when it was released, and I, I think it did place in Cinder Grove, like if I'm not mistaken. Um, but hearing Monster back as part of the EP only furthered my love for that song. It's got so much of that alternative pop-driven spirit infused into it that I find to be so addictive. And that's largely the same with another one of the singles, Anyone But You, although there might be a bit of an added pop-punk flair to ex execution. Um, I think the title track, Entertainment, has an absolutely giant chorus that has no right being as catchy as it is with this sort of like start-and-stop effect that feels like the track is being engulfed by a black hole and only to be spit back out and that's probably like a really strange way to describe a song but it's the most forefront thought that i've had about it like the rest has a slightly slower feel to it but it still packs the same level of infectiousness as the rest of the ep and i'm still just like left in awe at how effortless it is for outsider heart to craft these wildly catchy songs like, I don't know the length of Outsider Heart. I don't really know how long they've been around. I would imagine it's not that, like, great a span of time. But from this EP and the quality presented here, you could convince me that they've been a band for, like, 15 years. Like, they've got everything down. They have their sound. They have their style. They know what they're after. And they fucking succeed at all of those fronts. Um, there are two versions of the song Crop Circles present here. The original one has like that pop flair to it that you can hear laced throughout the rest of the record. And then the version featuring Brody has slightly heavier instrumentation, but I think at their core, the two songs achieve the same thing. Um, but I will say that the inclusion of essentially the same song twice was the only part of the EP that I was questioning from an approach standpoint. Like, I, I really do think that only one could have been picked on the other and you get the same um, result, if that makes any sort of sense. But overall, entertainment, it, it flies by, dude. I think it's like six tracks. It, it does not span even close to 20 minutes. Um, there was so much achieved on this record, and I cannot say any good things about it. I, I think, like I had mentioned right now, this is going to fly under the radar, but it really, really shouldn't. If you have the time to spare, 17, 18 minutes, whatever it is, please go check out Entertainment by Outsider Heart. There's a lot to love here. Okay, now I'm going to get into an album that, in some ways, I've kind of been dreading talking about. And not really for the reasons that you might think, but just bear with me for this. The self-titled album by Rain City Drive. Misery, Don't take 
So in all honesty, this is potentially the most difficult record that I've ever had to review on this show. And that's because the spectrum that my feelings for this record exists on spans a range that does not make any sense. Um, in the process of reviewing this album, the final score that I had to settle on was at one point a nine and a half, and at another point it was a seven. And I don't want to get so caught up on ratings on some Dave Meltzer shit, but a record being either a seven or a nine and a half, like just changing that in the span of one listen, that is admittedly crazy. And I don't know how to properly explain why that range exists, but I will try my best. Here is what I can say when talking about Rain City Drive. Everyone knows by now that they used to be called Slaves. They were a Johnny Craig project before Johnny did what Johnny does and was subsequently not a part of the band anymore. Matt McAndrew took over at the last second and it was nothing but net for bro after that. They dropped Heavier and Prayers in 2019 and that cemented their forthcoming album at the time as one of my most anticipated for 2020. The end result was To Better Days, which released on August 7th, 2020. Here is where things get kind of tricky with my personal feelings because they are very, very, very strong in this instance. In my honest opinion, and excluding anything from this year because I'm not trying to spoil the year-end awards, there are only four records this decade so far that I like more than To Better Days. Post-Human by Breaking the Horizon, I Disagree More by Poppy, Eternal Blue by Spirit Box, and The Silver Scream 2 by Ice Nine Kills. That's it. I genuinely, honest to God, believe that To Better Days is the fifth best record of this decade. And to say that I have a personal attachment to a lot of songs on that album is a giant fucking understatement. Cursed is one of my favorite songs of all time. Talk to a friend helped pull me out of a really, really bad time in my life. I can't listen to Footprints because it makes me cry every time. I have to consider all factors about why To Better Days was such a monumental record for myself and dismiss all that in order to be fair to Rain City Drive because they're two different albums with somewhat different sounds releasing at different times of my life. And not having those cynical lenses on, this is still really fucking good, albeit without the intangibles of To Better Days, and I'll explain all that in a bit. Um... And maybe not all of the material delivers with the force of the singles like Waiting on You or Blood Runs Cold, but there's a lot here to be excited about for sure. The easiest thing I can say positively about these tracks is that they're all catchy as fuck. Um, Cutting It Close still gets stuck in my head almost a year later. Dream's Chorus is insane. Gardens of Misery shows off more of Matt's prowess with that little Don't dig your own, don't dig your own grave melody that he uses. Um, Eternity has some energy that reminds me of Breaking Benjamin, if I'm being honest, and to speak more directly about Matt's performance, the way he holds out certain notes in that second verse is fucking OP. But ultimately, I do think that some of these songs have too many connective threads. With To Better Days, I could finish it for the first time and remember what was Witch Hunt and what was Eye Opener, for instance. Say that I was hearing all of these songs on Rain City Drive brand new without a singles rollout, there would be some confusion on my end about like, okay, which one was this, which one was that one, because they do kind of get bunched up together, if I'm being honest. Um, two of the biggest W's on this record, though, come from the two songs that I think are most different from everything else. 
You have Psycho, which embraces the R&B style to Rain City Drive that I would love to see be explored more by them in the future. I just think it works really, really well for them. And then the closing track, If I Was Right. It, it, to me, that's the closest I can hear something on this record in terms of capturing the emotional magic of some of my favorite songs from To Better Days. And that's not to say that there aren't other tracks here with emotion, because there are. It's just most evident on If I Was Right. And I, I guess in conclusion, I can make this comparison that I thought about the other day because it's the best one that I've been able to come up with so far. To me, Rain City Drive's self-titled album is like Automatic by Don Broco. I love Automatic. I, I think it's a great album with some goaded songs on it like Further. Uh, but then I consider what the album before Automatic was, which was Priorities, and what that meant to my life at the time and still to this day. And, and there's really no comparison between the two records. Lyrics from Priorities might as well be tattooed on me in the same way that lyrics from To Better Days should be. Rain City Drive had unfair expectations to live up to, and the fact that they didn't is why I'm here stumbling over my words. And I don't want this re review to come across as I didn't like the record. I did. I just am still kind of stuck trying to figure out to what extent do I like it? Do I think it's a great record, or do I just think it's okay? I don't really have that distinction yet. I think the songs are good, but good songs don't necessarily equal attachment and to me i'm looking for attachment because that is what i got out of this band off of their last record cycle um so it's like i know they get that potential in them i know they got that dog in them did i see it here all throughout the record i don't know and it's something that i still need to work towards i still need to figure it out but what i can say is that they did deliver on a lot here maybe not everything but a lot was fulfilled and i do think that that was great and if you love this record, I totally understand why. If maybe you felt detached by it, I can also see why you would feel that way. Um, so yeah, I guess my whole point is I still need some soul searching when it comes to Rain City Drive. Maybe I do talk about it in, in December, maybe I don't, and we're going to have to wait and see what happens with that. And now the final record for this episode is actually an EP, and it comes from yours truly. Is this what I look like? This is how I look with the lights on. So before getting into what I actually think of this EP, um, what is the background of yours truly? Well, they're an Australian band signed to UNFD. So put those two things together. That is the recipe for fucking perfection. Um, because that's just generally what UNFD does with these Australian acts. Um, I first came across yours truly just off of like a, like a weird playlist on Apple Music back in 2018 when Circles had just been released or was it 2019? No, High Hopes of 2018, 2019 was Circles. I had discovered Circles in 2019 off of a random playlist on Apple Music and genuinely loved what I heard. I, I thought Circles was really catchy, it was really cool, and it kept me glued to yours truly from that point on. Uh, the Afterglow EP I liked, didn't love, but I liked, and then you get into the song or the record Self Care from 2020. Um, there are some things I can say about this record, both justified and unjustified. Uh, so to give examples, I think I'm justified in saying that the record didn't have a ton of staying power, at least with myself. I don't go back to the album a ton, you know, like from, you know, start to finish, but there are some songs on there that just, I, I can't express like what they mean to me. Namely, Siamese Souls and 
Together. Together dropped, it was, I believe, June of 2020. So this is like, you know, close to the start of the pandemic. Um, I was going through a lot. I, I don't want to get into details about it, but just a lot was happening in my life and in my head. And I didn't really know how to process all of it. And the first time that I heard Together, it was like kind of uh, kind of holding my hand, for lack of a better way of phrasing it. Like, it comforted me. It was there for me. And I needed something like Together to be at my side at that time. But because of the time period that it released and how, like, not fondly I look back on my life in June 2020, I, I kind of disregarded it for the rest of the year i omitted it from year end stuff it, i didn't name it one of my 50 favorite songs of the year when in actuality it's like a top 20 for that year um i didn't give that song it's just due and i really really felt bad about that so i made sure that the next time yours truly did something that impressed me i gave them their fucking flowers and i would like to think that i did that with walk over my grave i i think we actually just like passed the one year mark of that single being dropped um walk over my grave it showed like this kind of like almost almost an aggressive side to yours truly that wasn't really explored on self-care and it made me excited for the future of the band. If I can make a comparison and not because, you know, two female lead vocalists, um, when Against the Current dropped That Won't Save Us, how different that song sounded from uh, what they were doing on Past Lives, it was eye-opening and it was really remarkable. And I felt the same way about Walk Over My Grave. And then you go into some of the other singles, like Lights On, which came out back in March of this year, I believe. And I'm going to say this now. Out of everything that was released last week, whether it be new or old, you know, single, EP, or album, Lights On was the best song of last week. It's not new, so, you know, it can't make a scenic overlook. But Lights On, I... I don't know what went wrong with that Scenic Overlook placement, or lack thereof, back in March. Lights On did not make Scenic Overlook. Lights On is the best song that I have heard for Ulterior, whether it be 2021 or 2022, that I didn't put in the stupid fucking rankings per week. I I love Lights On. I, I think it's incredible. It means a lot to me right now. Th- that hook of, is this what I look like with the lights on? I am, like, invested in that. I am, like using that as a mantra, like that is where my brain is at right now, and I wouldn't have realized that without this song being reintroduced and coming back into my life, and I am so fucking angry at the fact that I just disregarded it when it released, I don't know why. Um, Hallucinate was another single, and that song features Josh Franceschi from You Me at Six, which is a goaded combination here, and I think it works incredibly well, and one of the things about this song was it made me recognize, like, how much uh, or how easy it was for Michaela Delgado to hold her own with Josh. She is genuinely doing some amazing things right now, and I would say that she is one of the best vocalists in all of the scene right now. And through the EP, I got to experience the title track, which is an interlude that leads into Hallucinate. But to me, it felt so much more, or felt like so much more than just an interlude. Um, it, It has that, like, Okay, I'm not saying it's as good as this, but to me, it has that Alex by Bream of the Horizon type energy where I can justify that song being treated as like a standalone and not just an interlude. And the manner in which it works like hand in hand with Hallucinate is one of my favorite things about this EP. Um, Careless Kind, I briefly spoke about last week, so I won't ramble about it too much, but I still love the weird rhythmic stuff happening in the chorus and... It's another showcase of yours truly and the progress that they've made since self-care. Um, there are two more brand new songs here. 
Bruises, which features Drew York from Straight From The Path. This song is fucking powerful, dude. Uh, the chorus is like so arena ready. The production is next level. Um, Drew's vocals are so fucking cool and they actually deviate from what I know him to be through Straight From The Path. Um, if You're Drowning, I'll Learn How To Hold My Breath is admittedly a bit of a safe play in comparison to some of the heavier moments on Is This What I Look Like, but I appreciated having that break, and I, I do think it acts as a reminder of where yours truly came from and how they can still possess masterful songwriting abilities in that realm. Um... I, I really, really don't have anything bad to say about this EP. I came away from it thinking that this was perfect, that this is like th the best case of progression I could have asked for out of yours truly. And again, not that like there was anything really, really wrong with self-care, but like I said before, I didn't think the entire record was special. With this EP, I can look at every song and point out what about each of these tracks is like remarkable and memorable, and to me, that is the fucking stamp of a masterful piece of art. Yours truly delivered just that, masterful art through Is This What I Look Like, and I I'm gonna keep, you know, rotating this for the remainder of the week, and the month, and the year, and maybe years, like... You know, there's only one place that they can go from here up. I, I don't see yours truly having any sort of a downward trajectory. Through these seven songs, they showed me that they understand the assignment. They understand what to do, and they're going to fucking do it, it better than anybody else, potentially. And it's just going to be really, really exciting to look at the future of yours truly play out from here on out, thanks to Is This What I Look Like. And that's it. That was every album and EP and single from last week that I had to talk about. Um, there's a lot happening in my life right now, guys. Uh, not a lot of it is fun. The majority of it is not fun, but I, I would like to think that we're going to manage. I'd like to think we're going to be okay. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this platform. This platform, what the hell? I hope you enjoyed this episode. Actually, no, I have something real quick to say. Um, so, uh, this week, July 20th, marked five years since Chester Bennington from Lincoln Park passed away. Um, I left some words about his passing and how it affected me on my Instagram and Twitter for Ulterior. So if you want to go check that out, I highly encourage you to do so. Uh, it is at Ulterior on both Instagram and Twitter. It's also at Ulterior on TikTok, but I don't really upload there anymore. I really should though. Um, but yeah, I just go check out what I had to say if uh, you're interested in knowing what that band and what his musicianship did for me and it meant to me. Okay, now I'll actually close it out. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And, as always, for better or worse, let's make a scene.